Welcome to the Awake Church Podcast. At Awake, our mission is simple. Know God, take action. We pray this podcast will help you on that journey. Here is a prayer of Daniel's. It says, praise be to the name of God forever and ever. Wisdom and power are his. He changes times and seasons. He disposes of kings and rises up others. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to the discerning. He reveals deep things and hidden things. He knows what lies in darkness and light dwells with him. I thank and praise you, God, and my, of my ancestors. You have given me wisdom and power. You have made known to me what we asked of you and you have made known to us the dream of the king. Also, Acts 17, 26. God has made from one man every nation of mankind to live on the face of the earth, having determined their allotted periods and the boundaries of their dwelling place. And the whole reason I wanted to read this just right out of the shoot is that we were made to be parents at this time and in this age, not while World War II was going on, not while there's plagues going on. Now, any time in history we could have been born, but we were specifically made for this time. And so I have had to intentionally not wish for other things in this time, right? Because this, I, if we were to say, like I grew up in the 70s and the 80s, and we didn't have a lot of things that we have right now, right? It, it seemed to be a sweet spot in history where there were not a lot of things that are going on now. But I wasn't born, I wasn't raising kids in those times. I was made for this time to be a mom and my kids were made to be children in this time. And so when you make that kind of acknowledgement inside yourself, all that nonsense can go away of wishing for other because you know God has provided for you the wisdom for this day because he created you for this time. And so, um, and it also always makes me think of that thing from the Lord of the Rings. Remember when Frodo would say, are, you, are we Lord of the Rings fans here? I wish the ring had never come to me. Remember this one? And he says, we don't, I, let me tell you exactly what he says back to him. So do all who see such times, but this is not for them to decide. All we have to decide is what to do with the time that we have been given. There are other forces at work in this world besides the will of evil. And then he said, this ring was meant to come to you. You were made for this time. And so if we face parenthood with that in mind, there's a strength that comes with that. Don't you agree? And so um, I'm going to start right in with the serenity prayer. And this is the only part I ever knew with the serenity prayer. And maybe you guys knew there was more to it, but it says, God, grant me the peace or serenity to... Accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. So, and then it goes on to talk about some other stuff that I think if you read it, you would think, hmm, I don't quite agree with that. But that one <laughs> sentence of that is so powerful. So I ask you in your journal to say, in parenthood right now, what are the things in parenthood or in your personal life or where the space that you're in right now, I say parenthood because that's what this is about, where it says, peace to accept the things I cannot change. Just take a moment. Is there anything 
in parenthood or in your life. And in your life, things in your life flow into your parenthood, right? Now, I am farther along in parenting than anyone here. And maybe you haven't had this wonderful discovery yet, but there's time for you to discover that um, when you're parents, you don't know what you're signing up for, really. Have you discovered that? Like, I just thought it was going to be about cute outfits and snuggles and things like that. <laughs> I didn't sign up for all of this. But, um, but also, I didn't, I didn't know I was signing up also for, um, in this season of my life, and it could be just the age that we're in. Usually you have your kids in your 20s through your 40s. And just in those days, um, you discover in yourself all that's beautiful and wonderful about yourself, as well as things that you never knew about yourself, all these unknown things that kids, having kids, there's something about these emotions that get brought out, like your wrong mindsets, your woundings, your memories that have all been stuffed down or you just didn't think that they mattered. And then there's something about this season of life that is just like, how could that have all been in there without me knowing that? And so then you are undoing some things from your life while you're doing things up. And you're doing that in little people too at the same time. And so it's this beautiful thing that God created of just like the only way God could have got to that thing was through these children. And who could have known it? And I never have heard anyone say that to, to me, but it's a really great thing to tell parents before they get started of just like, this is the most amazing journey of all time. My most favorite thing in my life, hands down, marriage and having kids. Also, kind of like white knuckling, gritting, like the hardest thing you will ever do and to your bare bones of like, there are things inside of me I didn't know were there. So if you haven't discovered that yet, I, maybe you'll never have to and it's just me. But that has been a huge discovery for me. Like this, I didn't know it was going to be all, you know? So anyhow, not to scare anybody. <laughs> Yes. And you watch the video on, they're like, don't shake the baby. And you're like, what parent would ever <laughs> shake the baby? Why would you ever want to do that? And then we had our daughter, and she cried the first six months. And I was like, I'm so glad this is me. I'm like, this is how it ends. Yes. You know? like, yes. Not that you do it, but just like the thought. No, this, is, like, this is Jim Smith talking. <laughs> I know. I'm over it. When I had my first child, you fill out this little thing of what you want, your birth plan. Do they still do this? Yes. And I was like, uh, who would not want a baby put on their chest as soon as it's born? And as soon as they had that baby, they're like, here you are, just like you requested. I'm like, oh, no. I, my whole body was shaking. I was sweating. I was exhausted. I, I will drop him. But the funny part is when you're making this whole thing out, you know, and you're all dressed up and you're not in the moment, you're like, of course I would want to do all these things. I don't want someone taking my baby in the night. I'm going to keep him with me, you know, like, and then all the things, you know, but you get indoctrinated right in the first. Okay, back to it. And that is do it.
Okay, so I just find this interesting. I feel like we can all admit that this is the biggest change for this generation we're in right now, just all the devices. And so I, I even like, even the word device, the definition of the word device, let me just read it to you. Um, here we go, come on, okay. A plan, a method, or trick with a particular aim. Whoa. I know. So, again, we were born for this time and this place. Let's say the scripture together. <laughs> God created us for this moment. But I just find it funny. Like, it's kind of like, you know, they're not hiding anything. It's a device. You know, we've decided to call these things devices. And, um, of course, my kids, this generation that I raised my kids in, was kind of an experiment. I had, we had no idea how far this thing was going to go, right? And so, like, I remember finding out what Snapchat was. And, like, my friend was like, do your kids have Snapchat? I said, what is it? It's like they've developed it where a kid can take a picture and then it will go away after a little while. I'm like, terrible. I went home and I said, do you guys have Snapchat? Like, sure. I was like, what else do you have? <laughs> TikTok. They had the whole thing. I was like, I've got to find out what all these things are because they're of no interest to me. But they are to my kids. Right. And so then you get this whole education when they've already had it for a whole two years. So not to, we're not to freak out about it. We were born for this generation. God will give us the wisdom we have. But just an encouragement for two things. Two, grant, grant me the serenity to know what is God's. Like I, I cannot make choices for my kids and they're not with me all the time. I can try to keep up with them and train them and do. So God, there's all this space in the middle and show me what's mine and what's yours and what's not mine. Help me to give away altogether. Or else if I'm carrying what's not mine, I'm going to be in a constant state of 911. I'm going to need Eric to resuscitate me all the time. <laughs> but that has been, that's why the serenity prayer I've loved for years of just like, God, is that mine? It, it feels like too heavy for me. You, you have to carry that one. And God, give me the wisdom. What's mine? What's yours? And devices are one of those things. And I'll just tell you, you can think that you have it surrounded. I did my part. I, I, I learned all about circle. This, this little parenting thing that they have is just like kids can only get on. You, I taught a class about it, for goodness sakes, that their parental controls, and we couldn't even do our homework. They were blocking so much stuff on this thing, and my kids were complaining. And then about two years in, I think I've got this thing surrounded. My kid, Andrew says to me, Mom, everybody uses a VPN. I'm like, what's that? He's like, it just gets around the whole system. I'm like, you mean I've had this thing for two years, did all that learning, bought the stuff, and this is what's been happening. They, at school, they're getting around all the school blockages. All the kids are. They've figured it out. They have all these. And nobody evil invented VPNs. It's, you guys know more than I do what it is. It's kind of just like maybe you don't want people to be able to trace you. For what reason, Perry? It's like a protected network, like you have it on. Like I have it for work, so I can dial in to all the documents or like the network at my work, but like not everybody else can so. detect you. Is that right? Or what? Um, but not yeah, everybody but else. It's, pri it's private, so yeah. 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 Okay. So you're, it's just like its own network. It's like everybody's driving on I 40, but there's three of us on 421 and nobody yeah. knows. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's a good one. So, like I said, could I have been responsible for that? No, I had no idea. I mean, how could I have known there are things out there that... 
So then this is on my kids. They're made in this generation too, and they're going to have to be able to handle these things too. And it makes me think of the prodigal son in some ways. And like the father knew that this child was not ready for this, but they were determined to do that. This child was determined to do that. And so he said, so here you are. And he went off and he did all the things and took all the side roads and here's the path and he's over here. And then he comes home, right? The best story, one of the best stories in the whole Bible, right? And the father had been praying the whole time and for whatever reason the oldest son didn't need to take all those roads but the younger son needed to take the roads for himself to discover god discover his need discover the world had nothing to offer him and the father i'm sure raised those two sons the same way and so we as parents have to trust god that he has a perfect plan that whatever our kids need whatever road they take because they just didn't believe that god's way was right in that way that we pray that they would come back with whatever vomit they needed to go to or that they believed right away that God is that big because we can only do so much, right? I'm not encouraging us to be lame parents because nobody in here is one anyhow. That's why you're here. But I, I'm giving you freedom that we do the things, we learn the things, and then we have to definitely have to have this place where we go. I didn't know, and there's no way I could, and that was my child's weight to ring to carry that they were offered that at school or whatever they learn these things you know and so i hope that i'm being helpful and not <laughs> maybe i should have brought lemon balm or something we could have put it in our water <laughs> to bring calm okay okay now I want to share a little bit about my encouragement to you that one of the parts that is ours as parents, remember some's God's, some's ours, some we have to get wisdom to what, is knowing what's going on in your, your kid's school. Yeah. So even though my kids have gone to a private school, not a Christian school, but they go to a private school where I used to work at this school and I worked there on purpose so I could know all the people I stay very involved in knowing what's going on in school, even when my kids were in high school. And you're going to feel, especially if you're a person that's just like, ah, I don't like to rock the boat or I don't want to be a pain or, I think that you'll learn very quickly as a parent that you do have to step out and not care what people think oftentimes because everyone is gonna have their opinion about you. And if you were able to stay under the radar your whole life and, and be wonderful to all people like I was able to pretty much I was not able to do that in, in motherhood I mean right out of the shoot Josiah's first friend was our neighbor and he came home one day after he'd been going over their house for a while and he told me that they had this special MTV on their TV that they've been playing so I was like, oh crud and so I was like hey is it okay that just when my son's over that you just don't have MTV on the end that friendship was over, over that. Because I was judging and I was, and I thought, here we go. This is what, and it has continued on and on. But like school, um, I have just found in my kids' school at the beginning, I just introduce myself, I try to get to know the parents. And um, I like last, last year when I went to meet Andrew's history teacher, I just said, do you mind if I just ask, if, are you doing CRT this year in school? I just want to know what my child's going to be learning. He says, what is it? 
like it was kind of like a what is it he knows but he wants to hear what I have to say I said all I'm asking is if you're teaching this in school if you want to talk about it one-on-one -on -one more we can but already there was this tension yeah, between exactly. me and this teacher and so he was like um, we can have conversation about this more and we did and it was real friendly and he wasn't going to teach any of that and but right from the get-go I thought there's going to be yeah. trouble and this this and it's just I think a parent has a right to ask what's being taught in their classroom um, also in my child's classroom they hired a, a woman who's a lesbian and she's teaching the inclusive program and so I was like ah can I just know what's going to be taught here and what's her part? You know, I think a big population of this school is either Jewish or Christian, and I wonder if, you know, can you, and the, that principal was so kind and sat down with me and assured me. But what I do know happened in that moment is he knew people were listening and watching. Right. And so whether, whether they already had this plan in place, I don't know, but it definitely did let them know that people are listening and watching, and so you're just more careful when that happens. And you do feel like a pain, but your children are your responsibility and you just need to have a voice in all that. And you know, my youngest son came home one day and they were reading a book about two girls that were in a relationship and this romance they were having. And I just called the school and I said, there's so much great literature out there. Why do we have to bring this in? And they said, this is a time in China's history that there's hardly any books written about. I was like, well, <laughs> they didn't say it like that, but they probably like that to me. And um, so I said, I just want my child to have a different option. And so they offered a different option, and they tried to assure me that these two girls were just friends in this book who were naked together looking at each other's breasts. And I was like, well, I want to read out loud to you this paragraph, and you tell me if they're just friends. Did I tell you this already? And I said... I honestly said to the teacher, and this is this is Debbie Peterson after raising five kids, so I'm not I'm a little bit. I said, literally, this book said, and they gazed at each other's breasts and they felt tingly on the inside. This whole all the deals, and I said to the teacher, "Do you look at your friends like that?" And she was red faced, and I was like, "Please don't play this game with me." Exactly. Yeah. Right, and so. Maybe in your life you've never had to be that way with people, but when it comes to your kids, there's this fire that raises up in you and just like, no one's going to mess with my kids, right? And so, yeah. So we're not at the stage of school, but I'm just curious because public school and then yours were in a private but not Christian. Would right. you even say, though, don't assume Christian school, they're going to be like still be checking in about the books, et cetera, for that too? And I feel like school, yes. you would say yes. Because there's some that are Christian, so like we live down the street from one that's a Christian, and they are progressive. Yeah, oh, uh, I see. They teach transgenderism, that's wow. and then there's some Catholic um, churches or schools that are teaching that homosexuality is okay now. Interesting. So yeah. I would be careful. Mm -hmm. That's a good answer. Yeah. Okay. yeah. I was going to say, if you know the people in your school, like if you know the teacher and you know all that, it might not be necessary, but if, definitely if you don't know the people or the culture, for sure. And you'd think that you wouldn't have to, but yeah, it's not the case, for sure. And again, we're never supposed to be afraid. We just have to be courageous to do the things that maybe aren't in our DNA that we've been used to doing when it was just us. And we could kind of keep peace on both sides. And you're not doing anything wrong. You're not doing anything wrong to ask questions, even if they have the right answer. 
Because that thing can come around and whip you sometimes and say, oh, I, feel, I shouldn't ask that question. No, how could you have known unless you asked, right? And so that is my encouragement is to really stay up with what's going, especially these days, with what's going on with your kids at school. Um, all right. Um, I would love to, anyone who wants to share, no one has to share at all, but if you would like to share. What I was talking about earlier is like a time in just uh, the beauty of God to allow us to be in circumstances that never were dealt with when we were children, and then we experience them as adults, and it kind of brings you back to that place. And not only you are receiving healing, the beauty of you uh, being able to help your child. That's a lot to say whether you don't have time to think about it, but I gave, I'll give some examples, okay? Um, when I was in eighth grade, no, that's not true. I was older than that. I was probably in high school. My little brother would have been more like seventh, eighth grade. He was the pitcher on the team. He was a really good pitcher. And one day he was having a bad game, and this person behind me was just like, saying terrible stuff about my brother. And everyone in my family was saying nothing. And I was like, mm. And so I turned around and I said, you had great things to say about him last year when he was playing on this team. I think you need to be quiet. And my aunt shot me a look like, mm. I was like, why is no one saying anything? Why are we just quiet? And so I feel like that has been worked out in me in adulthood that when my kids are wronged, that feeling from that past thing of no one speaking up for me, for us, causes me to want to do it even more. And it's almost like redeeming the, what has happened in the past in my children. Am I making sense? It's like what you wished for and maybe the person, and I'm not blaming my family, they just, they did not have that on board, but it caused something to come alive inside of me for my kids. Eric? I was thinking in the story of Joseph, when yeah. he names his first son, it's kind of an interesting thing. Like something about the son's name is like, now my like my family past is redeemed or something. Like this, mm. so there is this interesting thing about, whoa, they're with kids. So with me, like when my aunt and uncle adopted me, so I was about seven. Mm -hmm. It was kind of a, like, I just remember this growing up. I just felt like they weren't like affectionate towards me like they were towards their kids. Yeah. I never understood that. It just always seemed like this weird thing. And like, as I was older, you know, my aunt had said like, well, you know, I never wanted to like initiate like affection towards you to where like it could seem inappropriate or something, which like, so I was always like, man, there's that thing as a kid. I just felt like, why am I not getting the hugs and things? Yeah. So it's kind of neat now, like having our own kids, like, you know, Carissa and Timothy, it's like they're super cuddly. And it's like, I don't know, it just is kind of meeting like that need of, oh, you know, I didn't get like affection when I was little. So now, you know, just like extra hugs and yeah. things like that with them. And Eric, if I could just say how the Lord is using this, in, because do y'all know they have adopted two children and now they're having a child of their you, you have the beautiful privilege of knowing what that feels like, and you will extra amount not make that, not allow that to happen in your family. And without you maybe experiencing that, how could you, I mean, you would have done it naturally, I think, but there's even more mm there when you've been through something. Amen. For sure. Thank you. For sure.
I have one kind of the off, like a, a broken area that I feel like the Lord wants to heal. So it's, um, and for me, performance, so I'm the oldest of six kids. And so I just felt like from a very young age, there was a lot of responsibility, which is understandable. Mm-hmm. But it's interesting because I see myself now with Carissa, and she's only two and a half, and the expectations of like, hey, you need to be doing this, you need to be helping. And so for me, I guess the revelation is the opposite. So it's not like a good part, but I feel like the Lord has been revealing, like you said, the beginning of, ooh, Joy, you need to get healing in this so mm-hmm. you don't carry on something negative from your past and like yeah. put that same burden on her. Yes. <clears throat> the opposite can happen too. Like, I bet you all have had this experience where I've called my aunt. I was raised by an aunt and uncle from age 11 on. My parents died when I was 11, and I moved in with my aunt and uncle. And so I remember always thinking, like, what is she doing napping on the couch? You know? <laughs> 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 when I come home from school. For <laughs> serious, I would be like, taking a nap in the middle of the day? <laughs> and she had all these kids. And so I, as I became a mother, I so appreciated her in a way that I never could have before. You know what I mean? Like, yes. survival. Yes. Right. Yes. But you have no grid for that when you're 16 years old. You're just like, come on, let's do something. She's like, on the couch. What the heck? You're so lame. Oh, that's great. So anyhow. So the other opposite can happen, too, where you have this appreciation of like, wow, that was really hard work for them. Wow, that was a really big thing for my aunt and uncle to say. We've got four kids. We'll take two more. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Big deal. So honestly, we've had both. Um, I've had both appreciation and then also these things that I've experienced to say, uh-uh, I'm, that is not going to go down right. in my family. Um, I also put like, I have had so much compassion with my kids when they struggle with science and math because science and math were a nightmare for me in high school. And then I see my kids struggling with it. And I'm like, God, thank you that I have this compassion that I've experienced that. And I know they're just not being lazy and not trying. And so God gives us all these things that we can pass down to our kids. Um, Okay. Um, Anyone? (laughs) You're not going to take a nap, are you? Perry, what time we got? Can I share a great revelation that happened in Matt and I, Mai's life? In that I always knew this scripture that said, wives submit to your husbands as unto the Lord. Okay? And I always, I wasn't like this wife that was like, uh-uh, I'm going to do my own thing or anything like that. But I was just kind of, didn't embrace the whole thing though too in its beauty because I don't think that that beauty is taught in our culture it's kind of it's kind of seen as an oppression in our culture would you agree Mm -hmm. like women are like no man's gonna tell me what to do that kind of thing and I went through a really dark season in my life and where I was um my thyroid was I had a hyperthyroid and so like everything was just charged all the time and it felt like I couldn't make decisions like everything seemed like an emergency. And so I was like, 
not knowing what was going on. No one could detect what had happened at this point. Anyhow, I was almost 40 years old, and my friend Ruth had given me this word, and she said, Debbie, I really think God's going to do an amazing thing in your 40th year and is going to heal you of what's going on. Of course, I didn't know what it was yet. And she said, I looked up the number 40, and it means the end of it all. Mm. And it's just like they were 40 years fasting, and then it was done. Mm. They were 40 years in the wilderness, and then it was done. And so 40 is like this, the end of it all. It's a task is complete. And she said, I really feel like this thing that's going on inside of you. Of course, I just thought it was like fear for my um, childhood was coming up or whatever. I just couldn't figure it out, blah, blah, blah. Okay, so I had this number 40 in my mind. It was a very hopeful word. Do you guys know Robin McMillan? Yeah. Know who he is. Okay, he's, he's a friend who I think is, has a strong prophetic gift. And one day, he um, called our house. And this is exactly how it went. My son John was looking out the window, and he goes, Mom, look at that. And he soon as he said, Robin, the phone rang. Whoa. And I answered the phone, and I said, hello. And he said, hey, Debbie, it's Robin McMillan. I was like, hey, Robin. You know, you have that weird moment, like, but you almost have this feeling like God is doing something right here. And he's like, I said, Matt, Matt's not home. And he's like, no, I, the Lord just gave me this vision. He said, does the number 40 mean anything to you? I said, yes, it does. He said, this was the quick vision. I'm just going to share it with you. See if it means anything to you. Matt was wearing the red, or, or somebody Redskins, Washington Redskins football jersey with the number 40 on it. He said, and all I know is that you were supposed to be following him wherever he went. And that was it. It was that simple. And so I got off the phone and I called Matt and Matt, Matt was on it. He was like, let's look up who number 40 is on the Washington Redskins. And he was their safety. And so I just got this whole thing of like, when I am in a place where I don't know what to do, Matt is my 40. He's my safety. If I feel like I'm supposed to go one way, you know how that feeling is sometimes, anyone who's not directionally, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I feel like I'm supposed to go right, but I'm probably supposed to go left. <laughs> That's how things in life feel to me sometimes when I go to Matt and I'm like, okay, I feel like I'm supposed to do this. Is it crazy? He's like, I'm kind of, okay. I will. <laughs> and so God gave me this picture of like, you have your voice. Matt has his voice. If he is feeling strongly, you're not supposed to do this. I want you to submit under him. And there's a blessing in that. And there's also a freedom in that. However men and women are created, we're not going to have the discussion here that we're all the same or whatever because I don't think we need to in this room. But women have a more aptitude to feel and to carry all the things of the family that they're around all the time. You know all the feels. You're doing all the things. You're in it. You're in the details. And the man is seeing the whole thing in a different way. And God has created this thing that the world has, has shunned. And it's been abused, let's admit that. That when we come to this place and we trust each other, your husband can be your 40. You can follow him and say, I'm going to come under God's blessing. I mean, if you trust your husband, and I believe everybody does in this room. But God has given us that wonderful thing in this covenant that we don't have to be separate in this. He meant for a woman to come under. And um, here's another thing that happened. Another person gave me a word and said, God told me Matt's supposed to be your plumb line. I said, what's a plumb line? She's like, well, I don't know much about it. It's like this thing that hangs and it makes sure everything is built just right. And I was like, okay, that's the only thing I, she gave me. I turned on the TV and this guy goes, today we're going to learn about a plumb line. I was like, you've got to be kidding me. It was like, bam, bam. And I was like, God, I'm listening. This is my plumb line. 
when I get all, I can come under him and you've given me that safety place. So take that for what it's worth, pray through it. That was a real revelation to me. Um, so anyhow, um, okay, let's, let's finish with this. Two things. Are we doing okay? Yeah. Am I talking too much? When your kids are little, you're their externals. You, you prepare all their externals, like who they get to play with, where they get to go to school, what TV shows they get to watch, all this stuff. You are their externals keeping them on this path. It's just like this. Like, and I, I soared in this season. Like when I was able to control everything, I was like, oh, I am mother of the year. I am like able to, this is when we eat breakfast, this is what we eat, this is all the externals were there. And then the surprise comes that you're not ready for. And that's that you have to start opening up and you have to be training for the internals because your child is gonna turn from externals to internal to where right now, my kids 19 to 26, I have very little say in their life. I have lots of prayer for their life, but I have, I mean, you know what I'm saying? Compared to what I did have. And so while we are little, little, we're saying, we're not gonna eat this. Here's why, we're not gonna watch that show. Here's why, and we're training along the way so that when this thing starts opening up and hands get off, 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 they already have that in there, and they either get to go, I believe what my mom said and my dad said, and I believe it's true, and I'm gonna keep trucking on this trail, or parents aren't gonna freak out, but I might check the side road to see if what they said is true, but then I'm gonna come back because I'm gonna find out on my own that that wasn't true, and there is worth in that. If you have a child that's just like, I've gotta test everything out for myself, they, once they have tested it out for themselves and come back, that one is solid as a rock. The other ones are to an extent, but they might need to test it a little bit more later in life. You never know. But let's not be afraid of those testings because those have value too. And sometimes they go really, they go a little bit too far for you. I had one little son that tested me a little too far. I'm like, ah, please, that was a little too much for me. But we don't get to decide all those things. I think that's why it's important, and Joy and I speak on this a lot, is the law first mentioned, right? Mm, yes. So. Like something for me, my parents, you're, when you were giving your example earlier, like something as as a child that's different now. My parents were very like, we don't really, we're not really, we don't communicate well. Yeah. I need you back in here. <laughs> we don't really communicate, like we're not really open and transparent. Right. Like, thank the Lord I was like a good kid because I could have done whatever yeah. I wanted. You know, whereas oh, Joy, okay. Joy was, you know, the opposite. Um, but it just goes back to like, you have to be willing and open with your kids to have the conversations that are not comfortable because mm-hmm. they need to know that they heard it from you first because if they don't, wherever they did hear it from, that's the, that's the starting point of where and the filter of where they're always gonna go back to. So I think that's something that we've tried to, we've probably been too open with how old they are with some things. Um, and that's just kind of a hard but thing. But you just try to figure right it out, now, right? Well, you can't so always weird. tell where it's going to go. Right. Oh, it feels weird to tell your nine, you know, your six and your nine-year-old things that you did not know about them. Right. But, yeah, and we don't know, but I guess we'd rather veer on the side of, yeah. like, afterwards we'll be like, 
teaching this guy was saying some people think that their children come with a blank sheet of paper come as a blank sheet of paper and he's saying I, I've worked with children my whole life and I'm telling you they come pre-programmed where they have all their they have what has come from their mom and dad and what has personally come to them from God and it's not a white sheet of paper where you as the parent are now going to have to put all these things in there and program them yourself what you need to do is learn your children and know what their tendencies are and what their giftings and strengths are and what their weaknesses are. And often the gifting can swing over and be the weakness as well. It can be the same thing. And so the last little activity I, I want for us today is that um, for you to write down your children and talk about how do you see them as being designed and what are their strengths, what are their weaknesses, and what part do you have to play to kind of develop those things inside of them, as well as know yourself their weaknesses so that those things can't push your buttons, like maybe they do it, and it's just a weakness of theirs. And so you can be aware of it and not think they're doing it on purpose. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Also, you may have to be their advocate at some point in a school or whatever. Like my son John is really quiet, and teachers were always wanting to force him to do something. And he, you know, like he needs to talk more. He needs to share more. He, he is not that kind of a person. And so I had to be like, why? Why does he need to do this? Hmm. If he's answering questions and behaving in school, he doesn't need to, because he's not comfortable doing that. And so. Sometimes you have to speak out for your child, too, if you already know they're not being rebellious. It's just how they're made. Can I ask a quick practical question? Yes. So, Carissa's funny. Like, she's been doing this thing where, like, if she gets upset or angry, she just, like, takes something and, like, throw it. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. like, it might be, like, some random thing. Or, like, so it's like, obviously, we have to address that. But, like, there's, like, on one hand, I feel like sometimes, hey, they're doing an act. An act, like they're doing an action to get attention or to yeah. get so it's like so do you like ignore something to not feed into that or because I'm just kind of curious because this she's that's kind of a daily thing I don't know that I hope she didn't do it which yeah. <laughs> they watched them for us this week so it's a very sweet funny. thing but like yeah I'm just kind of curious what's it what do you think is a good response to that moms I would say not to ignore it okay yeah, but I, I, and I, I possibly di parented different than people in here, but possibly not. 
but I just feel like kids need a consequence for something that they do, something like that. But also, I would be praying like against a spirit of anger or something like that, mm-hmm. and not to be scared of it because we have authority over it. But you know, if she's struggling, that's her way of expressing something. Also, having and to counter that to be having conversations with her about it. Like, what are you feeling on the inside when you throw that? Is she is she verbal? A bit, a bit. A okay. Two and a half. Oh, okay. Two and a half. Right. Oh, I'm, okay. oh, I missed that. Oh, sorry. We're there. We're there, We're there with you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Important. Yeah. But it's also, especially if there's other kids in the room, you can't have kids throwing things. Right. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, I'm, I'm not against spanking and everything mm-hmm. like that. One, one of the things he responds pretty well is, I don't want to say pain, but if you get his attention. Mm-hmm. So that's what I do, like every time, because. If he, if you give him any leeway, it's a hundred ten percent, and then some more. So I just, I stay on top of him. With so we don't. But when he throws something, and I, not to get off on a tangent, but because I'm with you, because I'm, I was the same way. Like I don't want, I feel I, like I don't want to be the parent that's like spanking my kid yeah. or hit. But like when he throws something like that could really like cause damage or something, mm-hmm. like I'll pop his hand, and that seems to work. And then I let him know, like, I'm like, hey, that could hurt someone. I was like, or you can break things. Like, I don't really care about things breaking, but he needs to understand that other people's property, you have to respect that too. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't end it with just a spanking. They they understand a lot more than than you think. So, yeah, the boys got to explain afterwards. Mm-hmm. So they're just not feeling like, oh, they're just a mean mom. But we're still yeah. trying to figure it yeah. out. But, yeah. 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 Well, and then, like, sometimes, like, we have, like, a little, you know, spatula that kind of come in their hands. And it's like, most of the time, you can tell she's, like, thinking about it. But there's other times it's kind of like, she's like, like stop it. <laughs> you know, like, she kind of gets like, okay. So, I mean, I think we have done, we started doing a little bit of timeout. Mm-hmm. But, you know, she's a little, she's, she's Irish, so we're kind of, Working on that. Genetics play a big role. Uh, they do. So you said something, and I'm asking a, one of these questions. Like Please. the time you said timeout. My kid, you know, two and a half. I feel like he doesn't understand that concept mm-hmm. of timeout. That's mm-hmm. something I struggle with. That, yeah. You know, people say, "Oh, put him in timeout." I don't think he gets that. Mm-hmm. I never, I never did. I always did spanking. So, I, and I always did a, a spatula, a little rubber spatula, and I would just like on the bottom of their leg, you know, and I would just, I would tell them what they did and give them one little, mm, and then I would say, I want you to apologize for what you did, or so that they, knew, I knew that they knew why they got that, and then we would hug, and then it could be over until maybe he would do it a few minutes later, and then we'd have to keep the whole thing going. But that really, really worked for me. Just like, and it was, it was, I think parents can get frustrated if they don't have something that they can use to help correct their kids. There's frustration there because you just are, but I think if you have a game plan and they understand it and it's always the same thing, that it's fair for everyone. You know, I, when we would always go to the grocery store, I would have five kids in a cart. I, I didn't have time to mess around. I was like, you guys, if, if this does not go well here, then we're going to get a spanking when we get home. And that is, but I had to stick by my word. If someone tried to throw something in the cart or was wrestling with their brothers, pinched or them, right? I, I pinched I them when, yeah. This. No, my kids laughed at me. I said, what? I should have obviously tried this earlier. But I mean, her pinch. Oh. 
Joy, why don't you pinch Perry like you pinch the kid so he can feel it? <laughs> She's like, y'all are going to get a spanking and the kids are like, that area is right there. That is not true. They're Yeah, I would pinch in the grocery store, but I also, when they got older, I would say, when you get home. Yeah. Right. I think what Stephanie said, though, about praying, I wish that I had done that when my kids were younger. I wish that it's so, it does physically need to be dealt with. I wish that I had prayed more against, like, the spirit of anger. and Because as they get older, it's harder to, if, mm. if that's on there, if there is that anger, it's harder to deal with as they get older. So I yeah. wish I had done that more to recognize there's a spiritual thing going on here. And I need to be praying about this and mm. ask the Holy Spirit to come in in this moment that, to help me and to, yeah, because it's, the battle is against flesh and blood somewhat with, with them, but it's not. It's not against flesh and blood. Uh, I wish I had, I wish I had done that. But now's the time that we have to know what we know now and do that part. But I, I guess I really saw it in my son, Seth. My son Josiah had this really strong spirit where he had a lot of choo choo on the bottom. But my son Seth never needed anything. He, if you told him not to do something, he would not do it. But the other part was that he was picking up all kinds of things. We went to this family's house one time and there was a lot of tension there. We couldn't find Seth. I found him under a table with the tablecloth underneath there and he was just sitting underneath there. I said, what are you doing under there? Come out. He goes, and he was picking up all the things in the room that was the tension between the people that were there, even though everybody was behaving themselves. But there was, if you were an adult, you knew things that were going on. But for a kid to pick that up, and he had never done that before, or never since, but I just thought, kids really pick up things. And it might not even be their anger. It might be that they picked it up somewhere or learned it somewhere or whatever. It doesn't matter. We don't have to know all the ins and outs, but it's all, it's all things. What's that? He has like a discernment. He has a discernment. And he is like that to this day. I mean, he, he just, I always say, Seth, know what's you and know what's other people. Oh, <laughs> because you're feeling things in the room and it's not you. You've, gotta know, you've, got, you've been given this gift and you've got to learn how to use it. Because it can be a lot. Where would be a pinch him at, by the way, at the grocery store? I would just do the bottom of the leg. And they would go, stop pinching, Mom! And I would go, what? <laughs> <laughs> Pinch! <laughs> okay, here's your encouragement for the day. You ready? Yes. The man in the arena, the woman in the arena. It's not the critic who counts. Not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles. Or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the woman or the man who is actually in the arena, who face, whose face is marred with dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs, who comes short again and again, who spends himself in a worthy cause, who at the best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement, and who at his worst, if he fails, at least fails while daring greatly so that his place shall never be with those cold, timid souls 
who never know victory nor defeat. That's from Theodore Roosevelt, Man in the Arena. It's a good one. It gives me chill bumps. Yeah. Just like, we are the ones in the arena. Don't ever accept anything from critics. You are the one in there. You have your specific children in this specific time, and you are doing it. Let's pray before we go. God, thank you so much for each couple here and for their children and for all that they bring to the table, God. I thank you for all their life experiences, all that you've put inside of them. I ask that you, Holy Spirit, continue to lead them, guide them, give them wisdom that they need for raising the children that you've given them in this time. I pray for peace. I pray for answers, God. I pray that they would trust you when things don't look the way that they want it to look. And God, that you would create from these families amazing young people that follow you and love you with all their heart, that want intimacy, that know that you are the way and nothing else compares, God. I pray, God, that you would deliver each one from anything that they carry and continue to develop their gifts to their fullest. I pray that you'd surround each one of these children with friends who will cause them to go higher and be great influences and that they would say no to all the ways that the world tempts them. I bless each one with a beautiful spouse if they desire, Lord, that you'd be creating that one for them at this time as well, to love you, and God, that you would continue the kingdom strongly through the people that are represented here. I pray that every seed that comes from the people that are here, that they would follow you with all their heart through the generations, and we thank you for giving us this position of being a parent. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's message. For updates on future episodes, make sure to subscribe to our podcast and leave us a review to let us know how we're doing. For more information about Awake Church, visit awakechurch.com.